Okay, so welcome to Scientious Soundwaves. I'm Ashni Sharan and I'll be your host for today. Transcriptional regulatory signals play a vital role in gene regulation, coordinating the precise expression of genes within cells. These signals can be categorized into global signals, which affect gene expression on a broader scale, and gene-specific signals, which regulate individual genes. Understanding how these signals are integrated is crucial for unraveling the complex mechanism of gene regulation. By deciphering the intricacies of transcriptional regulatory signals, we unlock a deeper understanding of the fundamental workings of the genetics. Today, we are excited to invite Professor Erika N. Larson, Associate Professor of Biology at Brown University. In today's episode, Professor Larson will be sharing about the integration of transcriptional regulatory signals and their role in gene regulation. Uh, so welcome, Professor Erica. Can you briefly ex explain what transcriptional regulatory signals are and how they contribute to gene regulation? Thank you so much for, for this opportunity. I'm excited to be on your podcast. So when we think about transcriptional regulatory signals, there's lots of different types of them. So one type that we can think about are actually environmental signals coming in from the outside, such as heat stress, um, which is important uh, with global warming, for example. These signals then come in and then are transduced, or um, you could think about it as almost translated from the um, outside of the cell to the inside. And there are many types of transcription factors which are actually uh, present in the cytoplasm of the cell. And then they actually move to the nucleus once they receive this signal. So sometimes the signals are, are uh, transduced or, or translated um, with a, uh, a phosphorylation event, for example. Um, this is a chemical modification uh, that occurs on a protein. And then these transcription uh, transcriptional regulators then go to the nucleus and then bind their binding sites. And that's something that we're really interested in in my lab because there's thousands of possible binding sites that it, theoretically they could bind to. They has the right DNA sequence that they can bind to, but they actually only bind to a very small subset, five to 10% of the sites. So we're interested in how do they find the right sites at the right time. And the genome is very highly compact. So the genome has um, uh, you know, millions of base pairs. And so one um, nice way to think about it, this is just a little analogy. If you took the genome and you stretched it out from the earth to the moon, and then you actually compressed it into the size of a basketball, that would be like how tightly packed the genome is. So even though this is about a million fold compacted, these transcriptional regulators still have to find their target. So it's a very open uh, question, but some of the factors that um, are important are, you know, combinations of different transcription factors are important. Um, whether or not binding sites in the DNA are close to each other is important. Um, and also um, RNAs are also really, really important. There's a lot of non-coding RNAs that are really important at this process, in this process. And sometimes those RNAs are actually the DNA that codes them right next to the gene that they regulate. So that's another mechanism. All right. So what are some examples of global transcriptional regulatory signals and how do they affect gene expression on a larger scale? 
Yeah, that's a really, that's a really great question. So there's all sorts of different types of signals. I think I mentioned previously heat stress. There's also hormones are often signalers, um, uh, cytokines that are involved in the immune response. Um, they actually then signal to the cell and then tell the cell that you know it's time to turn on a specific group of genes. And so they they can actually not only turn on single you know gene targets, but often uh, turn on many genes all at once. Okay, so how do gene-specific transcriptional regulatory signals differ from global signals? And what are their specific functions? Yeah, that's another great question. So uh, gene-specific uh, transcriptional regulators often bind, you know, just uh, upstream or just um, uh, very close to the, to the gene of interest. Whereas global signals often act, you know, at a distance and they actually generate um, a three-dimensional structure or changes in the genome that are then uh, spread on a broader scale. And we're still really trying to understand the interplay between the gene-specific signals and the global signals. Okay, so how do gene-specific uh, transcriptional regulatory... Oh, sorry, I'll just go on to the next question. Uh, in your research, what approaches do you use to study the integration of these transcriptional regulatory signals? Yeah, so this is a great question. Um, now, so it used to be, you know, 25, 30 years ago, people used to use a lot of microscopy-based approaches or an approach um, such as separating pieces of DNA on a gel or pieces of RNA on a gel. Um, whereas now we use a lot of what we call genomic approaches. And so these approaches use uh, um, next generation sequencing, which is the, where you can actually sequence millions of sequences of DNA together in parallel. So most of the approaches we use um, are uh, use these global uh, next generation sequencing based methods. And we can look at three-dimensional contacts in the genome. We can look at which genes turn on and off at different times, all sorts of which proteins bind to which pieces of DNA, all of that. All right. So what have been some key findings in your research that has shed light on how cells coordinate gene regulation? Yeah, that's a great question. So in my lab, we discovered um, a new transcriptional regulator, which is a specialized one. And it's what it does is it actually, it's, we call it CLAMP. Um, what it does is it actually coordinates the regulation of a large number of genes. So it's a global regulator, but it's a very special one because not only does it actually um, regulate thousands of genes. It also brings together different regions in three-dimensional space together. And these have these regions, of uh, we and others have recently call them tethering elements, um, where they, they, uh, they actually bring together or tether all sorts of different regions in the genome. And uh, the, this is a general principle that's very relevant to all sorts of different uh, types of transcription as well as diseases too. All right. How does the integration of transcriptional regulatory uh, signals contribute to the precision of gene expression? Yeah, that's a really great question. So um, we, you know, when we see pictures in textbooks of how transcription happens, it often looks like there's just one factor and it's turning on genes, but it actually turns out that there's sort of 
at any given uh, promoter or regulatory region for a gene, there actually be hundreds of factors coming in and out at different rates. Um, and so this, this combination of factors, plus in addition to, to proteins, you also have non-coding RNAs as well. So you have this combination of proteins and RNAs that creates this environment um, that allows genes to get turned on. Okay, so what are the potential implications of understanding this integration for understanding of gene expression in different cellular processes? Yeah, that's a great question. Yeah, we've recently been focused on um, a couple of different uh, cellular processes. One is studying the X chromosome and how genes on the X chromosome are regulated. Um, another one, and these are co-regulated because there's difference in number of X chromosomes between males and females. And so these X-linked genes are then co-regulated to correct for that difference. Um, and then also, there's also a difference between the X chromosome number and the number of other chromosomes in the cell. So that's one we've been studying. And we've recently, in collaboration with a neuroscientist, um, Kate O'Connor Giles, we've actually been studying how um, a group of genes that encode the components of the synapse, how those are actually co-regulated, because those all need to get turned on together so you can actually build a synapse, which is a really important part of uh, neurons. Okay, so are there any specific cellular processes or diseases where the integration of transcriptional Regulatory signals plays a crucial role. Yeah, that's a great question. So it's actually recently been determined that almost all um, cellular processes and diseases are really uh, driven by changes in transcription. So for example, uh, in cancers, almost all cancers, the most frequently uh, mutated factor in cancers is a gene called, that, called P53 that encodes a transcriptional regulator. So about 60% of cancers have these mutations. And there's also a lot of other um, uh, regulators of uh, the 3D organization um, of uh, chromatin, which are important too. All right. So how do genetic, biochemical, and genomic approaches complement each other in studying transcriptional regulation and signal integration? Yeah, that's another great question. So I, a really important thing to think about is that um, just using genomic approaches, you can often just describe what's going on. You're sequencing all the DNA, so or all the RNA, or all the 3D contacts. So you can have a kind of descriptive approach where you can be like, this looks like what's going on. But the genetics allows you to actually mutate the factors. And that's, I think, in my mind, really important because you actually can then figure out the function of the factors in that process. Um, and then biochemistry is really important to actually uh, validate the genetics. And that's because it's only through biochemistry that you can figure out which interactions are direct interactions versus indirect interactions between a lot of different factors. Okay, so final question. What are some future directions or advancements in this field that you find particularly exciting or promising? Yeah, that's a great question. Yeah, there's a really interesting um, sort of subfield in transcription right now, which I think is is uh, shedding a lot of light on um, transcription, which is actually how the transcription factors themselves interact with RNAs and also how they actually then, um, oh, change their phase or change their uh, biophysical properties. So they actually might have heard of you know liquids and solids and of course gases. So transcription factors can actually go through um, 
phase transitions and become uh, more liquid-like or more solid-like. And this is, I think, a really exciting area um, that's helping us um, figure out how these transcription factors work. All right, so thank you so much for joining us, Professor Erica. It has been wonderful having you on our podcast. Your insights into the integration of transcriptional regulatory signals and its impact on gene regulation have been truly fascinating. Thank you so much for having me. I've, it's been a great experience and I hope everyone has learned a lot. If you would like to ask us a question about today's podcast or would like to offer your expertise and join us as a guest speaker, please email us at the link in the description box. Thank you for supporting our podcast and we hope you have enjoyed listening to today's session. Stay safe and see you soon.